اوكي بسم الله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله I'm very much pleased to be here today uh, to share with you something of great importance that I have been working on for the past 25 years basically and it's been developing in the process. Uh, I would like really to thank those organizers and uh, of course those who have really planned it and uh, have joined together with Katara, I mean Raf and Katara to make sure that this is a reality. And today, inshallah, we're going to be covering a very important strategic program. Uh, we, I always call it strategic program for a reason, because I know this is very much needed these days in the world. As you can see the whole world, just watch the news, and you can understand what I'm talking about. The whole world in a, is, is, is going through a lot of... Uh, misunderstanding, miscommunication, bloodshed, killing. And there needs to be a way of improving communication. And since I've uh, been involved basically in developing people, I've noticed in the process that there needs a lot of work on the people with all due respect, because the people in general are the most important constructive element in any organization, in any society, in the whole world. Now, if you lose and you fall short in developing the people right, you will always fail miserably. And you could easily notice what's going on around us. Now, before going deeper into the program itself, my name is uh, Dr. Khalid al-Dosiri. I'm from Saudi Arabia, also from Bahrain, so I have two passports. Also from, no, that's it, I'll stop there. So basically I, I carry double uh, uh, nationalities. I was born in Bahrain originally, and Muharraq lived there most of the time. But at that time, I still was, I was Saudi basically. I, I'm Dosri. Dosri family is famous of, of having basically Bahrain is basically you could easily regain your passport back. They don't say even, they don't call it naturalization because of long history. And of course, politics sometimes play things to expedite these things. But uh, in general, I'm, I hold two passports, Saudis and Bahraini. Most of my life have been spent in Saudi Arabia after the... Uh, after I came back here, of course, started in Bahrain, then we came back to Saudi Arabia, my hometown, which is Dammam. The, uh, our people basically established Dammam. There was no Dammam before for a long history, and I don't want to get into that history also. So it's a lot of politics here. But in general, I'm from Dammam. That's my hometown. Uh, I hold a master's degree in teaching English as a second language. I hold also a master, in English in, a master in Human Resource Development from Minnesota University, the first one from New York. And I hold a PhD in, in Human Resource Development. Uh, basically, it is in what I'm going to be talking about today. So that tells you how much I'm passionate about it to the extent that I've even took risk in changing my PhD into 
this thing. They say I took risk, but I didn't take risk. I thought I chose the best thing I did. Basically what I did, I've accumulated whatever I've been doing, revisited again, surveyed it again, studied it again, went back to it to evaluate myself, evaluate all these programs and make it better and keep a legacy for the people to learn something. So that's basically what my PhD comes from Lehigh University. It was meant to be left as a legacy basically because I'm already involved in another PhD in human resource development with also the Malaysian University, Open University. And that continues. I, I like to collect certificates, sorry to say that, but, uh, huh? but uh, I like to continue learning. But sometimes I force myself to put myself in a structure so that I study. Because if you don't force yourself, even if you claim you read here and there, no. But sometimes you have to force yourself to make sure that you revisit what you do in a much more structured fashion, in a much more theoretical fashion to solidify it, validate it, make it better for the sake of the people. Because you don't stand in front of people and you talk and you claim you have something unless you really anchor it in something well-researched, which is, I think, a good, uh, a good thing to do. So experiences are good, but if you could put these experiences in vessels called uh, course, courses or whatever it is to anchor them, learn more and redirect this more and learn more and get more experience in life, and share it with the other people so that people will learn and be constructive. That's basically my philosophy. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but that's basically what I've been trying to do. Continue learning, continue learning, continue learning, and revisit myself once in a while. That's me, a bad guy, pain in the neck guy. But I'm also a struggler. I challenge myself a lot. I raise the bar, whatever, and I'm not satisfied easily. So I hassle the people who, Anybody that I deal with, I hassle them. Picky a little bit about time. Picky a little bit about organization, discipline. Tough about it. And I think this is something that uh, we need to th learn a lot about. Because we've noticed people don't give that much time, the discipline, the time management, the uh, follow-up on these things, a lot of attention. Unfortunately, you lose in the process. You know, being in Aramco, I used to be in Aramco. I was the head of the professional learning. I was heading four centers. You know Saudi Aramco, of course not any company. It's a very famous company, big company. Very well structured company. Strong. Lots of innovations. Lots of inventions. And you have no choice but to survive, but to really struggle hard. Or else you're not going to survive. To lead a division of the division that I led, that's not an easy job. I was hitting 125 or 115, basically, doctors, professors, and I retired after they took my heart out and changed my valves. I took a medical retirement because of Aramco, not Aramco, but maybe Aramco is part of it. But basically, this is where this is who I am. I love Qatar, by the way. Qatar for me is not like any other country. It's my homeboy. Home. I'm a homeboy for many people think that I always speak about, I'm always passionate about Qatar. I've been coming back and forth to Qatar for quite some time, by the way, and I've been involved in many projects, even though you don't, you, there are projects that are now, alhamdulillah, booming uh, since day one. I was involved in them. I love this country. Uh, I'm related to this country also. Uh, my family, my great-grandma, my mother came from here. So at least you know that I'm old GCC 
So I don't want to tell you about the other side. There is another side of me that tells you that I'm also a GCC, uh, <laughs> which I am. I've got wives from here and there, so, so you can see. So basically, I'm also uh, GCC in par excellence, as they say. That's me. I've got a lot of kids, mashallah. Uh, don't want to tell you the number, though. I'll leave it for some other time. Now, let's go to the program. Now, again, somebody might, as I said, the whole world is aching. And because, and uh, this thing about communication, people don't give it that much, much attention. This program, what we're trying to do basically, you could see the title here, we try to develop leaders, global leaders, to present Islam. Some people might well say to me, I'm a non-Muslim, that means you want to convert us? I said, of course, we'd love to, 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 for you to be converted. We will have it. That's what we'd love to, to be. But that's not, the most that's not the most important thing for us in this program. Yes, it is one, one of the most important things that we'd love people to be curious and think about Islam and start reading more about Islam. But that's their choice. But the whole, there is another aspect of that program. We want people to present Islam because we've been bombarded with a lot of wrong things all over the world about us, Muslims in general, and you could see this in the media, wherever you go in the West. Today, there was a lady who was killed because of very dangerous media that portrayed us in a, in a, in a way that is not right because of an, an element or elements that have hijacked us or have hijacked the image of Islam. Now, we need to be very careful, and we started doing this, or being involved in this, myself and a, a professor, Professor Ahmed Nuruddin, American guy from New York, long time ago. When we started, we started because that time we said English for Dawah. The fact that I was at that time in the English department, the director of the English department in, a, in another uh, government institute, uh, we felt like we needed to do something. Because people talk, uh, they have good language, they have a lot of uh, talents in the language, but when it comes to presenting Islam and talking about themselves, they fall sh short or they shy away. They shy away. Especially in the middle of all this mess that's happening in the world, we need to portray ourselves who we are, where we stand, where we stand. And that's very important uh, to understand. Where you stand as a Muslim. It's not to get into debates or uh, dialogues or all that stuff. Maybe healthy dialogue, yes, but some people get into a lot of di uh, debates that might be intimidating, which is not what we are aspiring to do in this program. What we're trying to do in this program as much as possible to tell people to present themselves as Muslim and be involved in actual scenarios and actual role plays and actual uh, acts that are likely to happen or uh, see situations that are likely to happen, simulated so we create a simulated environment where people really live it, people are, uh, are communicating, and to improve their Islamic English in as much as possible, to start using uh, the, 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 the Islamic English to present themselves and who they are to the other people. There will be comparative side, there will be other side. But let me go over this now. But of course to do this, what we did, we designed a program. The program is called, I'm coming to this, this is what we are trying to, this is a vision in human resource development in general. 
But I always like this vision to be manifested in any field, whether it is Islamic or business or company. When you want to develop people, you want to develop a person like that. When you want to be involved in developing people, you want to develop a person like that. A person who is what? We seek to build well-rounded individuals and provide them with the plentiful opportunities to realize their potential, uh, full potential, learn how to communicate ideas, okay? identify opportunities and share knowledge, lead teams, search for innovative solutions. Anybody who is in the field of a human resource development understands what I'm talking about. Anybody in any companies, all companies, or because this is a vision that anybody aspires to achieve, CEOs or any, in any organization. Even at home, if you could do have this as a, as a vision, it would be nice. So I'm just anchoring what I'm doing in this. In the, of course, I'm going to just skip this one. So what we're trying to do, we don't want just to build places like Al-Fanar, like uh, Discover Islam in Bahrain, like Guests of Qatar, how, what do you call it, Guests of Qatar, uh, Qatar Guest House. These are buildings. At the end of the day, why are you building this? Why are we building these uh, beautiful buildings and nice places? Why? Is this the most important thing. Yes, this is like a place, a repository, a place where you have people coming there, provide them with opportunities and do all of that. But at the end of the day, you want people to turn into an exhibit on the move, a center on the move. People, you want the people themselves basically taking the same principles of these organizations, of these buildings that they were built to achieve certain uh, goals. And if these goals are not manifested in the people, if these goals are not shared by the people and implanted in the people and people really live them and really believe in them and share them, you have failed miserably. Because I don't want to just to build buildings. Every day we build buildings. You go to Bahrain, discover Islam. Very beautiful place. They are excellent. And they, when you go to uh, Kuwait, you find aware ties. You go to Saudi Arabia, there are about 400 cooperative centers. Now, if you go to these centers, do we really have the best people to lead? Is this the goal, just for people to come and come to these centers? No, of course not. Those people who did this and designed and built these centers, they didn't have only in their mind that this building will be. They wanted people to be carrying the same hem, the same concern, the same worries, the same vision, the same mission. They want them to be passionate about sharing their Islamic culture to the other people. I think that's. That's something that we, we, we need to work on. Then our, our case, I'm like a freelance, basically, trying to work in developing people in this direction. To turn the same ideals of this good organization, philanthropic organization, beautiful or organization, like RAF and uh, you know, all of these organizations, into what? Into reality. But reality will not, it will not be there unless you implant these ideas in the people themselves to carry this. So this is why we have a workshop. Uh, my friends here attended, I think you attended my workshop before? Yes, no, you attended my workshop. They have a one day or two day workshop called how to become an exhibit, Islamic exhibit on the move. How to become an Islamic exhibit in the move. You don't wait for an exhibit to be established. No, you become an exhibit. So we turned exhibits 
into not just an exhibit. We want you to exhibit what is you, what the best that you have. And the best what you have is a treasure called what? Islam. And we for us, Islam is our treasure. So how can you present it and make sure that people lo will look at it as a treasure, not as a something destructive force like what they're trying to portray about us? No. Alhamdulillah, we have, we know, if you read the Quran, you read the Sunnah, and you read all of that, you'll see the, the treasure that this deen, this uh, uh, way of life is, 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 has. Just a matter of us representing it right. Now, the early practices of this so-called, some of the so-called Muslim, all the, even the good Muslim, the early practices, this is what will make people not really understanding what uh, Islam really stands for. So, so our, our main job is to develop people in this field, to make sure people communicate. Now, let me just, I'm not going to get into this, there's a lot of philosophy behind this, but that's, I'll get to the program itself. Now, this is the program. The program is called Effective Islamic English Cross-Cultural Communication uh, Skills. And the brand is EIECC program. This is, it's been uh, known for the past basically six years, I think, with this brand. EIECC uh, program. Now, what, let's read the title from, from the back. So what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be developing, read it from the back. Developing skills in what? In communication, in what? Cross-culturally, so you develop skills in communication, cross-culturally, in what? Which language? English language, okay? Any English language? The content is what? Islamic, and should be done effectively. How to exhibit yourself to the other people, exhibition, okay? And remember what the Prophet has always been telling us, Now, many people, I always say, you have to be careful about the wording here. Those who understand Arabic need to understand the word بَلِّغُوا Why the Prophet ﷺ, may the blessing and peace be upon him, didn't say وَصِّلُوا Share or convey. I mean, why the word بَلِّغُ there is a science in Arabic called what? Belaga. What, what, what does belaga mean? Belaga, what? Yeah, and you don't just convey the message of Islam. Huh? It's what? You know, I mean, it's not just explain. It's not just a proficiency. It's, it is really, you have to, you know, belaga. What does belaga? Share the, po uh, the poetry and the nathr, the prose, prosaic. So basically use the most beautiful words in the way you convey the message of Islam. And it's not just in the words, in the way you look, in the way you breathe, in the way you smell, in the way you talk, so that people will be attracted to that treasure, because this is a treasure. So whatever you do around that treasure should be treasure, should be the best. Okay, so when you talk about when you talk about conveying the message of Islam, you don't just convey the message of Islam. You convey it so poetically, so nicely, in a prosaic way. You use the best wording for it. Okay? So that because you have something so valuable, 
So when you want to carry, to carry to the people, make sure you, the value of your words are very high. And the value of the way you conduct yourself is very high. And the value of the way you gesture, you deal with people, you behave, is very high. Because this is not like something, uh, you know, luxurious that you have to think about it. If you think about conveying the message of Islam in a luxurious fashion, let me just do it like that, you haven't really given it its due right. You have to make sure that you really give it your full attention when it comes to the way. This is why I'm so disturbed when the quality is, is not there. When the quality is not there, you, I feel really disturbed. In anything we do, if there is no quality, okay, you will always, I always get so angry about it. You have to be patient, of course. But sometimes you have to be tough also about those people who, uh, who compromise quality so that they will think seriously about what they do. Because, you know, dealing with Islam is not like dealing with anything else for us Muslims. Because this is a message from heaven carried by Jibreel to the greatest man ever walked this life. Prophet Muhammad, may the blessing and peace be upon him. So if you want to carry this, you have to make sure you give that, you give it this, what do you call it, uh, aura of, uh, you know, this, this really respect and reverence. Because that's not like any other message. This is godly message, you know. And the man who carried it is the best man ever. And he's a prophet. And it was carried before him by Jesus, peace be upon him, Isa, salam, that's his right name, and Moses. And all the prophets, 124,000 prophets and messengers came to bring, to tell people one thing. Complete, peaceful submission to one God, and his name is Allah. We are all supposed to make sure that the Creator is worshipped fully, and we should submit ourselves totally to him. And we should understand that we are the master of the creation, and the creation is not the master of us. And that is what has made people go away from, from that one message, which is called what complete peaceful submission to one God, and his name is Allah, which is in one word in Arabic, Islam. You see? And this is the same message that all the prophets came to do. When people started taking creation as gods, this is when that necessitated that God sent other prophets and messengers to bring people back to this one message complete peaceful submission to the creator you know and this is what the islam is fighting whether it is within the muslims or outside is that to make sure that people will always come to this message you see that god has mandated for humanity to basically follow now so that's the program now by the way you could change english to arabic if you want to use this program Forget about just English now for a while. In the future, for example, if somebody would like to do this program, he could easily, if he is from, he speaks Urdu, he could use Urdu. Arabic, he could use Arabic. Think about the philosophy of learning that I'm applying here. Okay. This is a mission or the vision. We want every individual excels in presenting Islam in any cross-cultural communication and to create a peaceful world. The whole world, I said, is aching. Islam has a lot of values for the whole world to save that world. 
if it is presented right. The mission, we Muslim, not claim, we believe, we add the true divine values, the true divine values to the whole world through effective cross-cultural communication, hence better solutions and quality peaceful life regardless of the ill practices that we see around us, because people are not abiding by Islam, otherwise they would be better off in whatever they follow. Now remember, I want you just to remember that I'm not a sheikh, huh? be careful. Don't mistake me for a sheikh. Okay, that's the last thing you think of me. I'm not a sheikh, I'm here into the field of human resource development, trying to create, trying to help people develop in cross-cultural communication and Islamic English, and trying to make sure that they let the jinni within themselves, the talents that they have, out so that they start using it so constructively to save the world. That's me. Don't mistake me for a sheikh. Those people who came before me, that this might have been sheikhs. I'm the last person to be thought of a sheikh, so be careful. Otherwise, I will hijack you into, into giving you all the wrong fatwas that you think of. Taib. Now, Communicate with them back. That's basically what we need to people to do, to communicate with them back. I just want to go over this philosophy. This is a model. Now, now I'll, I just want you to think about. Now, what's happening in the world? In the world, in the world, there are events. Sah? Many events. Every day there is a new event. Like today, we, we read about this, the killing of this uh, lady, Muslim lady in UK. That's horrible. All what's happening in Iraq these days all this blood and shedding blood, all this killing. Now, or the insulting of Prophet Muhammad That's an event. Now, when events happen, what happens to the people? They take trend or a pattern in the way they act. Okay. Some, of course, people have got some knowledge and they've got skills. Now, if the way they were learned is not the right way, they might adopt a trend or a pattern that is not right. So it's very important, you know, and remember, we always have, when we train people, it is either knowledge or skill, and most importantly is what? The attitude and the character. KSA, remember KSA? K, knowledge. S, not Saudi Arabia. S, skill and A, attitude. So remember these, these three words. Most importantly is the attitude and the character building. Now the problem is that where it's always aching that we are aching in any education is in the attitude and the character. It's not the knowledge per se. You might bring the best quality curriculum. You might, you might bring the best teachers, okay? But the problem is that you might not know how to uh, basically design the instruction in a way that strengthens the delivery in a way that will go back and that will strengthen the char character and the attitude. And that's the most important thing. This is your launching pad, they call it. What is it? This is what that will let the rocket to go high. So individuals, if you don't really go and tackle the character and the attitude, you will always lose. How to do this? This is where the way you deliver it counts a lot, okay? This is why they brought up this constructivist uh, methodologies and what we are doing in this program basically is the same or based on this called uh, methodology, constructivist methodology. 
So basically, this is why you need to go back to the, uh, by going to the character and that, how can we go to the character and the attitude to make sure that we have a strong change in the character of attitude by increasing the opportunities, by increasing the opportunity of learning. Meaning what? Meaning the individuals themselves, we need to increase their participation to the total to, to reaches 90%. As soon as you have lecture, lecturing tab of just lecture and students sitting there, you have lost big deal in any, in any program. So basically, you need to increase the leave and leverage, is leverage the strength, okay? The opportunity and learning chain, and this will strengthen the attitude and the potential, and will bring this treasure in the human being called talents and capabilities out. And this is when you are going to be depending on really people who are really very well trained. And that's where the launching of the crop will happen. And this is the launching pad, as I call it, the character chain. So the program basically does it in this way. It is not a program that is uh, teacher-led, by the way. These are the outline of the program. Rationale objectives. Let us go to the... Uh, so basically, that's the rationale. The rationale is very simple. There are many people who speak language, who speak English language very well. But unfortunately, and they are very good in Islamic knowledge, they have good knowledge in general. People in the Gulf have good knowledge in general about Islam the basics, okay? But yet they are unable to communicate effectively in what in English on Islamic subjects, primarily because they lack the proper terminology, the proper basically statements, and the proper basically even psyche for it. They are not used to it, you know? The main objective of this course or program, I call it sometime course because I was trying to suggest it to be a course in all universities, by the way. So to, the main objective of the course is to assist them to communicate effectively in intercultural encounter. And of course, you could see there, these are the most important thing, the three things that, or the legs. These are the objectives. The first objective is what? By the end of the program, the participant will have acquired the following. An improvement, notice I'm using the word competency. Because in organization, when you use competency, these are the ingredients of the character building. It's not a skill, it's not knowledge. Competency is different. It gets into the attitude of the person. So this is why organizations evaluate employees now not on skills and knowledge only. These are some components. But most importantly, they call them now what competencies. And they consider these competencies to be part of this character, like the ingredients or components of that uh, character. So this is the first objective. Is it the most important? No. But that's one of the most important. An improvement of the cross-cultural Islamic English communication competencies. Secondly, the ability to discuss Islamic concepts in English. The ability to give short presentations on Islamic topics of, the, of their choice. Notice the word of their choice. Eh? An awareness of the subtleties and importance of language in any cross-cultural encounter. A reasonable, a reasonable knowledge of Islamic terms and jargon. A reasonable knowledge of necessary terms and other religion as needed to present Islam. And most importantly, this one for me is very important. That's for me the most important. We want to ignite the passion of everybody who speaks English language to start standing up for his religion and talk about it. Not to brag about learning the language, 
that, oh man, I know English man, and he starts imitating all types of people. Hey man, what's going on? And all that stuff? No, we don't want that stuff. Brag about your Islam. Don't brag about learning the language. Brag about learning the right language. Yes, I have no problem bragging about your capabilities to some extent, but brag about you presenting it, presenting your deen. That's what you need to brag about. Okay, and many people unfortunately learn the language and they start thinking that they become somebody else. You have to be proud of who you are and respect the others, of course. Because people will respect you if you respect yourself. If you don't respect yourself or your culture, nobody will respect you. And I saw this when I was in the States, studying my master's degree in teaching English at that time, a long time ago, 1983, 84 and 5. Old man, I know, you would say, want to say it, but... Uh, for yourself for a while. You can, I can comment on that. But at that time, when I was there, I was, you know, I was a bit, sometimes, uh, the Saudi star. I was wearing my thobe sometimes. People respected me. Nobody touched me. Nobody said anything bad to me. You might find some people who would joke. I would wear trousers, sometimes thobes, yeah, some. And I was, they, they could notice that this person is basically different. And they started asking you a question. And you just answer who you are. In sociology class, we have to give a presentation about lots of things. What led them to, to let me talk about it? Because what? You know, they saw that person is different. People respect you in general if you do that. But as soon as you start diluting your character, and you don't know if this character is Qatari or Saudi, or I don't know what type of character is this, or cocktail, nobody would respect you. And you would stay, people will always look at you as different. You know, they're not going to easily accept you, by the way. Because you'll be in the middle, you don't know who you are. But be proud of who you are, respect other people, people respect you more. This is a philosophy, not the gorilla, that's a gorilla, but anyway, you like that? Looks like a gorilla, you like it, huh? mashallah. Anyway, by the way, this is a very important model, my PhD model. If you want to design any program, make sure you have this design. If you really want really to develop leaders and develop good character in schools, in high schools, in university, make sure that design is always in front of you. Okay? What is this telling me? Very simple. I will just put it in three words. By the way, you can take this PowerPoint presentation. They are all on my websites. I don't, leave, I don't have this copyright junk, by the way. Okay? So, uh, what this, I will just tell you three words. In Arabic, I will say it in Arabic, then I will say it in English. تعلم علم تتعلم تعلم علم تتعلم You got it? Very simple. What this says is that learn and teach what you learn, you will learn more. If you just remember this statement, this is exactly the summary for this model. But of course, there is a lot of explanation. What these three words will do to you is basically this. You don't go, if you just lecture like what I'm doing now, this is the worst thing I'm doing, okay? It's just lecturing you. The, per the retention, retention is what? 5%. And you're not going to develop the character. No. You see character there? So basically you have the character here. You're not going to get to the character here with the 5% of lecturing. No way. It's just going to be knowledge and it will evaporate. You remember high school, when we finish exams, what happens? Do you remember anything after that? This is if you don't throw the books also, like what we see these days, unfortunately. Everything evaporates in no time. Right? Hey, the Hukur Shabab, Arfi Nisalva. 
You know exactly what you used to do. Then, of course, you need to go up the ladder. You need to reading, 10%, audiovisual, demonstration, group discussion, you see? And the retention rate is increases. Not just the retention rate now, remember, the competencies will be developed, right? And not only that, even the, you need to develop the teachers here. You have to, have to learn the art of facilitation and mentoring. Because if you're just going to teach, that's not the way to go. You know that? People need to teach. You need to get in the class to this one. People start teaching each other. This is the highest form of what? Of retention and character building. Because when you get knowledge at the beginning, when you learn at the beginning, you get only knowledge. But when you teach, you build a character of caring and sharing. A character who really cares about society, who really cares about others, who really cares about other societies, who is not selfish. Remember this, because Quran. Huh? Remember this, the prophetic tradition. Quran wa Remember this. This is not something alien to us Muslims. It's already there in the tradition. So nothing is alien to us here. Of course, this will lead to knowledge attention. And the most important, you'll have a flexible person, adaptable, and very highly potential individual who will be there whenever you need him. Not to escape. And we witnessed this during the uh, first, uh, when, during Saddam invasion to Kuwait, when uh, people started fl flying and leaving Saudi Arabia for us in the company, Aramco, we had a lot of people flying, going away. Everybody was worried. Expats did disappear. But because of the strength of the human resource development of this company, people, they did, we didn't feel it. Saudis were all over taking care of things in this company, great company called Aramco, Saudi Aramco. And I say it with a pride. Yeah, right? Because we really saw this very strong manifestation of if you really develop people right, you'll have them there. And they will lead without any even disturbance. And that was a big hit. People thought that, okay, things will collapse. No. This company is so strong. People disappeared, started traveling all over. Well, suddenly people, the same people, Saudis, took care of this company in no time. Why? The development was very strong. And this is why it's a good example, and I keep telling people that this is one of the strengths that we have there, this, uh, this company, and uh, yeah, we could see it because I'm involved in there. I used to be. I'm retired now, but we've seen it. I saw it in my father. I saw it in my family, how strong they train people. You see, And this is at the end of the day. If you train right, you'll get right. It doesn't mean there are no mistakes, no problem. Of course. But at least you could see this. This is what we need to build in, 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 in our countries. People who are really strong leaders, especially homeboys, as they say, they need to lead their countries with strength. You know? They need to leave because at the end of the day, even expats, when they come here and there, they will come for a while and they will leave. Normal. This is normal. You know? But the people of the country, they need to lead their country very strongly. Of course, when you teach, you start teaching, this will unleash the... Now, this is the learning methodologies. I'm going to skip this. These are the requirements of the program. What we need is a people to participate. They need to be willing to what? To present Islam in true right. There is no money attached to this program, by the way. There is no cost for, I mean, there is no, there is cost, of course, for the organizations. But usually when we offer it, 
They don't take money from the people. They just want people to start thinking seriously about dedicating themselves to being themselves and, and presenting Islam in its true light. And that's for us is the price that people need to, to pay. Participants should be able to take part in conversation. They need to have a good level of English, of course. You cannot just some, bring somebody who doesn't have A, B, C, D. No. Uh, participants must possess a basic level of fluency in English. And of course, this is not meant for the Durat. It is not meant for the propagators of Islam. No, they might be part of it, yes. It is meant for anybody who speaks English language. Just youth, students, doctors, engineers who are studying, I mean, I mean students who are studying in, in universities whose medium of communication is English. Duration of the program is 36 hours. 36 hours. It's eight weeks, 36 hours. Eight weeks, 36 hours. Now many people are worried. But you see, 36 hours is nothing, huh? Okay. So 20 hours in a class and 16 hours working on projects outside. Basically, every week we see people, two hours. Only for, except for one week, where we do uh, the letter of communication exercise. I'm going to talk about it. This is uh, four hours to five hours max. So basically, every week we see people, two hours. And the rest, people will be involved heavily in basically uh, projects. They're going to be seeing people. They're going to do a lot of work outside. They're not just, and they have to read in a certain way. Participants, anybody who is using English. Program materials, there is no fixed material. It's an open material, but we have prepared a lot of material so that people can refer to. And we've prepared PowerPoint presentation. And the beauty of it, it is not done by one person. It's done by all, to collaborative. Everybody is doing something. Those who attend our program basically participates. And whatever they do, we put it on my website or a website, which is basically, it becomes for them like a charity, a charity, constant charity. So some people will benefit from it. Again, sharing knowledge with other people. Okay? Where we basically, you manage knowledge, you disseminate knowledge. Learning organization, as they talk about. <clears throat> so these are some of the material that we use. And I have lots of PowerPoint presentation, or there are very important two PowerPoint presentations that are very important for anybody to take. And they are by themselves workshops. One, uh, one of them is called, What Does Islam Stand For? And the other is called, 50 Questions in Islamic Aqeedah. Uh, they are put on PowerPoint, they are all over. You find them, in the, if you Google them, you find them. And these, the two, they by themselves are workshops. But of course, in this program, we don't cover everything. We just give flavor. And we know this will take one year even, if you really take it. The program, these are the websites that you can use, you can find them on. And uh, my website is there. This is the, oops, my website that you'll find a lot of. You know. And you'll find s some of my stuff on Sultan, uh, not Sultan, the Islam, uh, the Islam House. Some of my recordings and this PowerPoint presentation I talked about, you find it also in Islam House. Okay. If you go to my, uh, my site here, it will take you to this Islam House, by the way. Okay. And uh, so you'll find a lot of good stuff there. Okay. You can take this PowerPoint presentation. You just leave me your email. I'll send it to you. And by the way, many of these are already on my website, dawahmimo.com, which is that site. Just make sure you have this site, these two, this one and the, the, the red ones. Make sure you have them. You'll find a lot of stuff there. And of course, remember, in this program, there is no such a thing as a teacher. 
or a student or everyone is a teacher a student evaluator and it is a teamwork it's something based on something called in human resource self-directed learning teams self-directed learning teams basically people work in teams but they direct themselves they don't wait for you to spoon feed them so it's a self-directed learning teams make sure you leave me your emails if you want anything and all the information now in the future of course if you want to participate in the program the three day, day, uh, the three day uh, workshop this will be very interesting by the way i mean this will give you a lot of information about how we function uh, the eight week is very long but we can uh, we've 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 cut it short to go all over the world to give three day workshops and the three day workshop we find some people and they continue doing the eight week if they want because all it's based not on lecturing it's based on self-directed learning teams and activities so this is the way we evaluate uh, forget about the evaluation I'll, I'll skip this of course we have we have some cr communication criteria while people are in the workshop or in the program we give them criteria for communication how to communicate when they talk how to communicate when they present and what criteria are supposed to be observed by them when they are really in the program like for example I'm talking now eye contact okay gestures postures the way i communicate my ideas sequence of thoughts okay uh, the 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 live my my voice yeah. monotonous all these criteria basically we we don't want people to memorize them we want people to learn them and know them and see each other and watch each other when the people are talking as time goes on people will start imbibing them they will become part of their character they will be watch uh, watching be observing them they will be so sensitive about them and they will develop it but you don't give people to memorize this they don't you don't memorize this you have to practice this you have to practice this communication criteria to become part of you i like that it's winking telling me something okay now let me go to the program i'll take you in a journey for the activities since we receive people till they graduate first day what do we do as soon as people like yourself come to this program what is the first thing we do we put them on the spot we love torturing people i love torturing people but in a very nice way of course okay so people as soon as they like i'll get somebody you want me to, to get you sheikh ajibakana sheikh ajibakana this is the worst time so basically as soon as people come we get people to stand in front uh, and they basically tell us who they are and they introduce themselves and they they tell us if they had any communication with a non-muslim before and how was it so four minutes or three minutes and at the same time what do we what do we do with them we film them okay so it's not just uh, so this is the first day imagine so people will know that we mean business okay and this is what we call baseline talk it's like a placement test for the english test exactly the same thing so what do we do there? why do we do this first of all this is our benchmark our standard we see this person if he comes his english is it strong or not strong secondly we see his level of communicating the message of islam when he speaks about an communication to other people and how he did a story so we evaluate him on two things one is his level of english communication and his character you could see his character in the four minutes you can tell 
And of course, the other one is his level of knowledge, Islamic knowledge, when he starts telling us about his communication with the, with the non-Muslim, when he started communicating, when he was in UK, when he was in USA, or maybe he here, no. Okay, and the third thing, which is very important, uh, while he's in the program, remember we have filmed him, so he could see himself at the end, because at the end he's supposed to do a project and stand in front of us as if we are people of other faiths, and he's given us as a, a, a presentation about basic concept of Islam, not to debate basic concept of Islam. Because this is a graduation, 10 to 15 minutes, he's supposed to stand using PowerPoint presentation because we take that PowerPoint presentation and put it on the website to become Sadaqah Jariya for him, to become a, a constant charity for him. Some people will, 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 will benefit from it later on. And we film him also. So he could see himself when he first came and when he, when he exited when he exited the program. Is this clear? So this is very important to start. Of course, we sometimes challenge the person at the beginning. We challenge them, meaning what? Yeah, we, some, some people will come and they will brag about them being native speakers like, or native speakers, some of them. And he will think he will know certain terminologies and jargons. And we will challenge him. And we will burn him on the platform. Huh? Not, uh, not uh, be careful not to quote me for that. But we call it, they call it burning platform. We put them on a platform like that. By the time you sit on this, you are burning from inside. So what do we do with this? I will, I will, I will say, okay. Now, for example, what, will, what, uh, what type of burning we do? Hmm? We bring like uh, fire or, no, no, of course we don't do that. Say, okay, Islam is a great religion. Sah? Ladies, Islam is a great religion. Sah? You're wrong. Islam, you're wrong. Islam is not a great religion. Who told you that? Is it? You see, he's, he's saying it at the beginning with the surety, uh, with the sh you know surety, with certainty, and you, you did the same thing. So you fall into the same problem. So don't laugh at him. So both of you, you did a big mistake. You know what you've done now? You've conveyed the wrong information about Islam. Both of you. And everybody who shook his head. I know I saw some people, but they are now, they are trying to, from that. So, everybody said, yes, Islam is a great religion. No, you have to be careful here. You know what you have conveyed to the, that person who is listening to you? What you have conveyed that Islam is a religion like any other religion. Islam is not a religion. Who told you Islam is a religion? And it's not the only. There are other religions. Islam, is Islam a religion? Is Islam a religion? You keep saying, yeah, I'm gonna burn you to death today. Islam is a way of life, isn't it? There is a difference between a way of life and a religion. You have to be careful. Religion for the Christian, when he hears the word religion, what will come to his mind? Separation between secularism, between religion and state. That's not in Islam. You cannot separate between in Islam between because it's a way of life. It's, it encompasses politics, economics, social life, everything. So you cannot separate in Islam between religion and state. This is a, a basically uh, a Christian basically dogma, and the separation that happened or in history. You remember the, what happens in the Dark Ages when 
you know, there is a, there was that separation, and of course, secularism came into the uh, the, the the what they call the rise, and people started basically having all these secularist system now. But in Islam, you can't, you cannot, and if people will think in this way, that's not Islam. There is something dangerous here. We have to be very careful. Islam encompasses all aspects of life. Just go to the seerah of Prophet Muhammad SAW and you will see this for yourself. Okay, so, but what you've done is you've, you've perpetuated, you've emphasized in the mind of the listener something that is not Islamic, which is the separation, without you noticing it. This is why when you say Islam is a religion, for the lack of a better word, I'm using a religion, okay, for the lack of, qualify it, say more about it. So that people will understand what you mean when you say Islam. What's it, what, what distinguishes you as a Muslim from other uh, faiths, for example? Islam, we don't think of Islam as something esoteric, limited in the ch church or in the mosque only. That's not Islam. Okay. Okay. The other, uh, there is a way we teach people of how to read to improve themselves quickly. In a very quick, this is good by the way for anybody who would like to learn to improve his English language and to improve himself in general. So we use something, a special way of reading. Uh, we use two letters of communication. One of them is individual letter of communication, is a team letter of communication. The team letter of, uh, of communication, which we call it sometimes the jigsaw exercise, or sometimes they call it, some people call it kids communication letter. Kids, they're taking it from my name, Khalid Ibrahim Doseris. People started using it because I've been using it for quite some time. And somebody started labeling it this way. It got attached to me. You find it. Or if you put Google Kids Communication Letter, you'll find it. You'll find two. One for the collective, for the team, and one for the individual. So for the team, we do the three-day workshop. The two-day workshop. Sometimes three days. It depends. So this is what we did in Raf. Uh, something like one, uh, eight months ago, I think, with Abdul Rahman. He is the one who coordinated it here. So we could do this, uh, we could do this again if anybody is interested. Okay. And the individual level of communication, this is the way you do it on your own. You don't need anybody to be with you, but you have to stick to it if you really want to improve. Uh, it's very, very powerful, even though it looks very simple, but so powerful a tool that can develop you and develop your kids even if you use it, you'll find it online. And this is a must, a must do assignment when we, you are in the program, because every, every week you are required to do two mandated assignments without us telling you to do them. Eight weeks, you're supposed to have seven, to read seven brochures about basic concept of Islam using the letter of communication, individual letter of communication, seven. Every week you are supposed to read one brochure on your own, but you have to use the letter of communication. And if you don't use it right, you're not going to get the benefit completely. It might look simple, but it's so powerful. And the other one is that reading peop uh, some stories of people who became Muslim. The, this is another mandated reading that we tell people to start because you could see a lot of adventures, a lot of communication, a lot of thinking, a lot of changes. And we tell people, what is it that led this person? Why would this person, famous person or normal or layman, why would this person become a Muslim? Even though there is a lot of media, tarnish, bad image, disfiguration of Islam, 
With all of that, you find a lot of people becoming Muslim. What's happening here? So read about people, about some, there, there are some sites of how people became Muslim. Deliberately, we tell them that. And we say, okay, tell us two keys. Tell us two keys. Would you read that story? Of course, when you have 20 people in the, in the, in the participation, okay, and everybody will come next week and you'll start, they start standing and talking. They'll tell us the keys that led this person, him or her, to accept Islam. Why would he accept Islam after all this mess? You see all this mess and this still, these ladies accept Islam. And it's the highest number of ladies accepting Islam in the state. What's going on here? So basically, they will come and tell us that is the reason why this lady or that man accepted Islam. So every, imagine you have 20 guys and everybody will bring you two keys that opened his heart and started being curious about Islam. So you have how many, how many keys? You have 40 keys, sah? So you could use the same keys in the future if you have the same context, the same culture. Discuss with us. Maybe you'll ignite his passion to learn. We'd love people to become Muslim, of course. We don't shy. We shouldn't be shying about it. Because we feel this is the last message that all prophets came, okay? and told us about the same message. Then Muhammad peace be upon him came as the culmination and in defense of other prophets to bring back that message to tell people come back. It's the same, it's one message, one God, one message. It's not for the Saudis or Turks or, or this, no. This is an international message. We've been told to convey it to the other people. Now, if people would accept it, you have to make sure you ignite their passion to think about it, to ignite the passion of think about Islam. Why, what, what is so unique about that? way of life. Do we have to hide this? No, we're not going to hide it. We've been told to convey it to the other people. Now, if they want to accept it or not, that's not my, my, uh, my, my uh, any responsibility. It's their responsibility now. But I'm told, mandated to do it. It's a command. Convey about me so eloquently, even if it is one sign and one ayah, ayah doesn't mean ayah from the Quran only. Ayah, every sign, you are a sign human being. Everything in you is a sign. Everything in this universe is a sign. It's a godly sign. We have to tell people about it. So, so, it's, it's, uh, so you see, very small hadith, but it, is, it contains a lot of wisdoms. Okay, and another, of course, these are other... Uh, let me go to the other exercise. And of course, we have language sensitivity. I've already tested you with one, burnt you alive about religion. You have to be very sensitive about some of the words. Because some of the words in Arabic are not exactly the same words when you translate them into English. So you have to, be, you have to say more about them. When you speak about ibadah, it is not worship. They translate it as worship. You have to be very careful because this is misnomer. It's a misleading translation. Okay, because ibadah is more than just worship. Worship is a ritualistic act, or it has a ritualistic defi definition, but it doesn't give you the exact meaning of the word ibadah. You have to be very careful. This is why you need to qualify it, you need to talk about it, so that people will understand it. Okay, then you have, of course, observing. We observe each other. You know, and when you do these assignments, sometimes we, we catch you by surprise. You stand in front of people and you talk. Basically, you've noticed here. Nobody's involved except you. Everything is you're doing it, you come to class, you're doing it. it. Just we are trying to facilitate or create that environment that everybody can participate and everybody can add value 
to himself and others at the same time. Of course, there are some field visits sometimes to some of these organizations so that they can learn from it. They come back, you go teams, you see this organization, you come and you start discussing exactly what they're doing and how to improve things. Uh, also, we tell people to go in teams and watch exemplary speakers. We have a lot of exemplary speakers online through YouTube, like Bilal Phillips, you have him here, like uh, Yusuf Estes, like uh, Ahmed Didat, may Allah have mercy on his soul, like Zakir Naik, like uh, Yasser Qadha'a, uh, Yasser Qadhi, I don't know, you have many beautiful speakers. And of course, remember, we are in a course called communication. So you have to see the best communicators. So what do we do? We tell people to go and watch one exemplary as a team, one exemplary speaker, and they start analyzing that speaker. Of course, bearing in mind the criteria for communication, in addition to the, uh, we tell them, okay, divide it. You divide the evaluation into four parts. The first part is what? The introduction. What did he do in the introduction? The second part is the body. You give it to more people. And the third part is the conclusion. How did he conclude? Okay, and the fourth part, which is the most important, or one of the most important parts, is the question and answer. How did he fare in the question and answer? So basically, they will come, they will start jotting down, they will go evaluate, analyze the speaker, and at the same time, they will be watching an exemplary speaker, seeing all his criteria of communication, okay? They will come and start, what? Telling us about that speaker and the content he delivered, and what are the good things that they like, and the things that they have some hesitation and they didn't like. So it's not necessary because he's an exemplary speaker, he doesn't make mistakes. No. He might make mistakes, so they have to be uh, critiquing him constructively. That's uh, another assignment. So every team will come and stand before people and start to do And we have to, of course, the, the audience, they will participate with them, evaluating what they've done. So they are not just left to evaluate others, they will be also evaluated themselves. So it is a reciprocal evaluation. Now the other one is, of course, conducting a dialogue with any target encounter. We tell people to go and do some, basically, da'wah. You go and meet an non-Muslim, and you start something with him, and tell him about Islam. Now, when you go and do this, on your own, at, in your office, uh, whatever you do, uh, I, I remember somebody who would always go to the dispensary, and every time we tell him, where did he go? He's a man, or he was a man. Where did you go? He said, I went to that dispensary and I saw that Filipina and I did this conversation with her. I said, why, why you chose Filipina in particular? There were other Filipinos. He said, but she was so gentle and nice. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. very nice, good encounter. You see, so you have to be very careful also. Who, who? So he was just insisting on this Filipina to become a Muslim. See, it seems to me he might have some idea about maybe marrying her at that time. I don't know. But anyway. But in general, this is what we call analysis of encounter. We go, tell people to go, and people are supposed to answer six questions when they come. What are the questions? How did you feel before you approached that encounter? <clears throat> How did you feel before Ish? How did you feel before you approach that uh, lady or that man? That's question number one. Number two, how did you feel 
while you were talking with that encounter. Question number three. How did you feel after you finished that discussion? Question number four. What questions did he raise? What answers did you give? What questions did he raise? What answers did he uh, give? Or vice versa. Sometimes he might ask questions also. But basically, he might be asking you questions. What question did he raise? What answers did he give? Question, the last question. What was, is it the last question? Am I five? I'm missing something. What is it? I don't know. But anyway, what is your overall feeling of this encounter? Ah, question number six. If you were to do this again, what would you do? I think that's another one. If you were to do this discussion again, what what would you do? You see now? So basically these are, so it's basically, we call it analysis. Why do, why do we do this? We want to improve communication. We want to improve his communication with other people. Now, not necessarily for him to become a Muslim or to become Muslim, but at least to neutralize people to, or tell them them so that they will be thinking even, yani, if people will not be interested, this is their choice. But you tell them at least what Islam stands for. Stands for. You see? So basically that's, this is, we call it analysis. Usually we give this assignments, as assignment in our three-day workshop. Okay. This is like, as they say, the price that you have to pay for the workshop. Okay. Okay, the other one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we invite non-Muslim to come and have discussion. And we tell this non-Muslim, like uh, our sister here, we re really invite non-Muslim. I used to invite some people who are Aramco and Canadian Americans. We invite them to come and we tell them, look, exactly, exactly what I'm telling you here, I'm telling them. Look, this is exactly, I'm very frank about it. And we tell them, look, we want to create a better world. And we think, we think that creating a better world will require that all of us to improve what? Cross-cultural communication. And we bring them and we say, look, be as nasty as you can. Don't, don't be so nice with them. If you really have something bothering you, say it, please. And tell us exactly who did a good job in responding to you and who did a lousy job in responding to you. And we are very, this, most of these guys were my friends basically in Aramco, so I would bring some of them. And believe me, they enjoyed it to the extent that they would tell me every time, can you, can we do it again? Which was, which made me feel good about it. Because at the end of the day, why do, why do we do this? Yani we have been in Saudi Aramco for the past 80 years, 85 maybe. How many nationalities do we have? The same thing with Qatar, by the way. Same thing with Dubai. I mean, UAE. How many nationalities do we have? We've, we've been able to create a culture, international culture. You have at least 70 nationalities in Aramco, Saudi Aramco. And they've been living together for the past 80-something years. What does this tell you? If we could, in the whole world, do something like this, regardless, people become Muslim or not. This is not, uh, this is not, everybody chooses what he likes. But at the end of the day, that means you could do it. If you were able to do it in culture like these big companies in the Gulf, you know, especially uh, I'm talking about company that's been, you know, there, and we have our own unique culture in that company. And you could see that same culture applies to the American, to the Saudi, to the other, the same thing. Now, if we have been able to do it, can't we do it in the world? Can't we? 
But there are some elements, unfortunately, who are bent on trying to make sure that people will clash all the time and circulating a literature that will call for clash of civilizations. That's the worst part. These are the people that need, we need to really fight, all of us, regardless of who, 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 who we are. I think that's basically, I'm, I'm always talking about this message because I, I remember in Cyprus, I was attending a conference, I said the same thing. We were talking about, and they liked it, they appreciated it. I said, the whole world, you know, we are suffering now. There are lots of big threats for everybody, by the way. And when you talk about terrorism for works, I mean, it's a threat for everybody. It's not a threat for just one country. It's a threat for everybody. So somebody would like people to be terrorized anyway, you know. <clears throat> okay, this is, a, of course, a clear doubt about some. I've already distributed that book for you. But basically what we do in this scenario, we bring people who would act, who would people, like the uh, bringing the non-Muslims, some of them already have got misconceptions, so this is a reality. But sometimes we bring people who would pretend that they are non-Muslim and they will, or people who accepted Islam, they will tell them, okay, today, tonight, please go back to where you used to be before becoming Muslim and challenge those people. So they create these scenarios and this. So they start responding to misconceptions. So there are role plays, there are misconceptions, as you see here. And of course, attending uh, lectures, we bring lectures sometimes and we tell them to ask them as many questions as possible. And at the end, as I said, they are supposed to be delivering a PowerPoint presentation as if they are talking to other people of other faiths for 10 to 15 minutes to present basically Islam to them, present Islam, basic Islam concept, not to get into debates, all that stuff. And uh, if they are good, what do we do with them? We try to feed them into organizations that are already in existence. And we say, we have a database of people who are really good already, use them, go and participate in these centers and help these centers because when you have quality people who could talk and communicate, use them in RAF, in Al-Fanar, in Markaz of Qatar, in Discover Islam Bahrain, AWARE, or ties in Kuwait, or cooperative centers, or WAMI, or Rabita, whatever. So we have a database of people that we can easily contact and tell them go help these centers. And the centers we give the names if these centers are interested in people who are very strong. Basically, we have a database of people who are good. And that's it, basically. And this is the program. This is the whole program, basically. It's in details, by the way. You could take this one, basically, and you can have it in your own. Notice here, have you seen any, any part for a teacher here? You see, people are involved themselves. You don't see somebody standing a lecturer except for one lecture. Except for one lecture. Sister, you can take it, by the way, if you handle not So basically, this is the program. So you could see here, this is the activity, and this is the assignment, uh, the week number one. Week two, this is the activity, this is the assignment. Week three, language sensitive analysis of encounter, this is the activity, and this is the assignment. Four, again, it's the same. Misconception, role of play, communicating with a non-Muslim, real non-Muslim here. As I said, we, when we invite him, scenario with a non-Muslim, but it's not a scenario, it's a real scenario here. Okay, the same thing. Storytelling, this is when people stand, I think, telling some stories, maybe about presenting stories, summaries, teams. I don't know which one is this, when I got confused here. Prepare, and of course, people prepare their final presentation. 
And this is, of course, the presentation, final presentation. Arrange for a real talk. And there are other activities. It's not just eight activities. There are more activities that we use. And this is the workshop that I deliver, which is called basically Kids Communication Letter. This is a, I hope I could come just to give you a feel of what I could do. And this is a very nice, uh, basically, this is how to become an Islamic exhibit. It's called a workshop, how to become an Islamic exhibit on the move. It's a two-day workshop, okay? Uh, and it ends by lecture sometimes on the third day. But in, in general, two days is more than enough. And there is another, in the first day, we how to become an Islamic exhibit on the move. The second day is clear your doubts about Islam interactive workshop, where we do scenarios. It depends on the level of the participants. Sometimes we extend two days for how to become an Islamic exhibit on the move. So we extend it on two days. Sometimes when we see the level is very high, we start the second workshop, which is clear your doubts about Islam interactive workshop. There is a third workshop, sometimes we do it, which is called presenting, uh, using the Adhan to present Islam all over the world, the words of the Adhan. It's a very powerful one also. We still haven't, uh, I didn't do it here, I did some other places. That's basically it, I think. I don't want to go through the letter of communication, but let it be a surprise for you in the future. With this, I would like to say to you, thank you very much for coming here. Uh, it's been a pleasure, sorry for uh, uh, taking a long time talking about this. And sorry for lecturing because I, I'm not the type of a lecturer. You'll see me in workshops. Basically, you'll be doing everything. But this is a lecture, so I have no choice but to, to talk. And, you know, teachers by default, I used to teach a lot, so by default, they've got big mouth. So this is why you've seen me talking a lot. With this, thank you very, very much. And thank you for the organizers. Thank you, Abdurrahman and the team from RAF with Katan Katara. For, for jointly, they've done this. And hopefully, uh, we learn from our uh, mistakes and we improve things as we go along. We have a lot of things to do. We need to always aspire for quality wherever we go. When we talk, when we stand, when, as we said, we have to exhibit ourselves in the best way. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Subhanakallah, Muhammadik. Nashadu la ilaha ilan. Nastaghfirullah wa tubulik. Now I'll open uh, this for you. If you have any comments, I prefer comments more than questions. But if you have questions and I can answer them, I'll do my best to to answer that. Any question? Any comments? Prefer comments as they? Yes. Go ahead. You guys, if you have anything. I made you go to sleep, or what? Yes, this is a bad sign, by the way. Yes, by the way, there was a guy here, very nice guy. As soon as he came here, where is he? He's not here, good, so I can talk, no problem. Mum Abdurrahman. As soon as he saw me here, he said, when did this lecture finish? That's the first thing he told me. Imagine a lecturer coming here, wants to say something, and he's just, nobody, nobody was here, and he was here, and he said, when did this lecture finish? I said, thank you very much, mashallah, tabarakallah, what a nice start. What a nice start. Imagine, yeah, this is like turning you off. Yeah. Yes, go ahead, brother. Um, the, this three days lecture, sorry, workshop, workshop, yeah. Workshop. Two days, two, three days, yeah, uh, depends, so yeah. You Collect the names. Give your name to Abdurrahman. Whoever wants this workshop, he can give to Raf, and we can do it through Raf. They did it in Raf before. Or if it is not rough, you can do it through any organization. I, I can do it wherever it is, in any training center, in any whatever. Who's, anybody's interested, I do it. But Raf did it before, and it was, one of, it was 
I thank this guy really. It was the best, one of the best workshops that I ever conducted. Very well organized at that time. Not like to, today I felt there were some, maybe because of the joints, there are a lot of miscommunication. But the, that workshop that was done was really done very nicely. It was done in the same hotel I'm staying in. And mashallah, the arrangement was nice. And people were really happy about it. Uh, we have somebody here to testify to this well. So we could do it through RAF. So basically, Abdurrahman Lukam fi Waraka, you can give, uh, yes, uh, just uh, the names and everything, your contact, your email, and, uh, and, and just show your interest. Make sure you contact Abdurrahman because Abdurrahman is the one that usually contacts me. What's your name, by the way? Yasim. Yeah, hello, okay, Yasim. Yasim is suggesting that anybody would like to have this workshop? Yeah. Huh? The three days. The three, the three or two or three days, yes. Yes. So you have the almost. Almost all of the guys would like to do. Basically, give, basically put that all of them are interested. Umas, khalas, finish. That would make a... I'm ready to come. I'm retired now. But make sure you don't make me retire for good. Huh? The eight weeks, this is where I, what I usually do. I come two or three days. And I tell them, select some people that can be helping me in the facilitation. And they're supposed, they choose the best two facilitator or three. This is what everybody is supposed to be doing, like what I did it in Dubai. I did it in Dubai the same way. I did it in, lately in Tabuk, in the north of Saudi Arabia. Mashallah, they are now doing the eight weeks. So they chose some people, and they will do, basically this is, if you've noticed, it requires somebody is excellent in English, somebody else excellent in Dawah, and just coordination and facilitation. That's, and I am from distance, I'm with him. Because, uh, notice, Every week there is only two hours. So during the week he can talk with me. Huh? So there is no problem. Basically he could do this arrangement. I can tell him he has about five days to contact me. And we've done it. They've done it in Dubai in Al-Ahsa, one of the centers. Beautifully, beautiful, even much better than what I did. One of the uh, South African brothers, mashallah, may Allah bless him. In Dubai, mashallah, Al-Furqan, I thought, I, one of the societies there. In Bahrain, Discover Islam, they did it. So, so what I do, I, during these three days, I, three guys just watch me. And by the way, the same thing I'm talking to you now, you find the same presentation I'm doing today online. There are two presentations, and you could watch them, and you could learn from them online. You just put effective Islamic, you'll, you'll find me talking one with a thobe, and one without the thobe, with the trousers. And so basically, this uh, at least to emphasize what I've been saying today. So there is no excuse. And here in RAF, they already have got CDs for the whole workshop, the three days. CDs. So they have the, the, the presentation that I did today, something similar, but of course I keep changing my, my, I mean the way you talk, so basically I'm explaining the same thing. But sometimes you add certain things. So CDs, they have about three CDs, I think, صح? So the RAF ha has them there also. Uh, anybody has got something or comment? Yes, sister. What do you do, by the way? What's your job? This is part one of the. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <coughs> Thank you very much. In general, uh, <coughs> there have been some attempts, of course, by the. Uh, yani, for example, in, in here in Qatar, Sheikh Moza, I think she's got the. What do you call this thing about dialogue? There is something about dialogue. 
there is something about dialogue. Yeah, and uh, of course, King Abdullah, you have the, uh, the, the center, they've established a center. And they go around basically all over the world to make, to have exhibits now about uh, dialogue. As a matter of fact, last week they called me to participate uh, in, they are doing a lot of certification now to prepare people for that type of uh, international dialogue. Yeah, unfortunately, it is not to the expectation that we'd love to have, of course. But of course, at least there are some attempts, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, the beauty of it, they are sponsored by the, for the royal family here, for example, in Qatar, and of course, the royal family in uh, I mean, uh, the king himself, which are good, you know. You, you, but they need to be channeled right. They need to be taken advantage in the right way. Unfortunately, some people take them uh, from both sides, I mean. Some people sometimes they don't take them in the in the best way, you know. There's some for show off some of them, and the other from the other side, they take advantage of them to try to infiltrate to, like the last one that was done in Vienna, I think. It wasn't really the best uh, interfaith type, you know. There is no such a thing as interfaith, you know. It's it is I would call it, uh, I would call it dialogue, yes, between other culture because if every culture stands in its, on, on its own. But it's not. But for the faith, you cannot interfaith. You cannot change, enter in your faith and you enter in my faith, and you know you understand where uh, it doesn't uh, send the right message when we say interfaith. I would tend to be very reserved about using the interfaith in general. It's intercultural, cross-cultural. Yes, I have I have no problem with it.